This is Mayo Clinic Talks, a curated weekly podcast for physicians and healthcare providers. I'm your host, Daryl Chetka, a general internist at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. Today's topic of discussion is stress and stress management. Healthcare professionals are more prone to stress and professional burnout compared to many other occupations. It's also known that chronic exposure to stress can decrease a provider's efficiency and could result in negative consequences on our health and family life. It can lead to mental health issues, alcoholism, and other substance abuse. With us today is an expert in stress management, Debbie Fuhrer, a counselor in the Mayo Clinic Mind-Body Medicine Program. Ms. Fuhrer is a licensed professional clinical counselor and the coordinator of the Mayo Clinic Complementary and Integrative Medicine Mind-Body Program. Welcome, Debbie. Thank you. Why are healthcare professionals such a high-risk group for stress-related problems? We noticed that this started increasing even more about 10 years ago, and there's, it's multifactorial. We're seeing that they have long hours, overload of patients, complexity of healthcare regulations, rapid, ever-changing environment, administrative burden, and a lot of the people that I've seen who are physicians are very conscientious type A personality. They don't want to make any mistakes. They want to be perfectionists. And then on top of that, with the internet now, we've seen that there are websites that will rate physicians. And so if you go and check out your rating, that can even add more stress and it may not be uh, even an accurate assessment. And then I've heard from patients who are um, healthcare providers who've seen me in counseling sessions. In addition to all of this, loneliness, disconnected from family and friends, exhaustion, comparing themselves to others. Then we're seeing emotional exhaustion, depersonalization, and a sense of reduced personal accomplishment. All right. Um, a significant problem. Um, can stress really affect our general health? It can impact every aspect in your life, our general health, our general mental health. Um, I will see patients who come in who have trouble sleeping, or they wake up at 3 in the morning, and then all the open files pop open. And we have hundreds of open files. Average is 150 at one point. And, of course, these open files are related to their stressors. They can't go back to sleep. And so we see problems with um, irritability, um, start losing their sense of humor, um, on top of all the other medical issues that could be everything from gastroenterology, um, difficulties, headaches, back pain. And then we saw with stress that there's uh, an increase in anxiety, depression, activates the pain network. Plus, we saw a threefold increase in the risk of dementia for the worriers. Hmm. Well, I can see certainly how stress can affect our sleep. <clears throat> and then as a result, sleep or lack of it can certainly have an effect on our day-to-day -day function. Yes, that's so true. It's why I have trained myself to be incredibly skilled at putting people to sleep. Really? Yes. <laughs> so can you, you can imagine, though, I don't get invited to many dinner parties. Yeah, well, at the risk of putting me to sleep, why don't you, you want to explain <laughs> that just a little bit? So if you just 
relax and listen <laughs> to my voice. You know, I've used uh, relaxation techniques in the office, and I've also used hypnosis. Hypnosis. So I will teach my patients how to do self-hypnosis in the office, and the more anxious they are, the easier it is to hypnotize them. Really? Now, I know nothing about hypnosis. Uh, the only time I've sort of seen it used is in uh, entertainment. I know one time my brother was hypnotized into thinking he was a chicken every time he heard a bell, and <laughs> they offered to reverse it, but we actually could really use the eggs, so we never did that. But tell us more about how you use hypnosis. It, it is really a, uh, a, a, uh, a technique that's effective? Yes. Uh, seriously, within three to five minutes, especially if someone is very anxious, I have seen them begin to, and it's their own mind, by the way, they are in control. I remind them of this throughout the entire hypnosis session. They are in total control. And it's okay if they feel the sensations that we're discussing. It's okay if they don't. But everybody is, every human is susceptible to, um, we're just susceptible to things like commercials even. That's why commercials work so well. And so I bring them in and I tell them there's no, um, there's no um, set way to do this. But once we start showing them my favorite technique, which is the magic glove technique. The magic glove technique. And, Explain that. Okay, so I will start by saying, do you have full sensation in both hands? And then I'll tap their hands and I'll say, this is a 10. Can you feel it the same in both hands? And they go, yes. All right, the hypnosis has already started. Okay, then I ask them if they're allergic to latex. And they're laughing because I ha don't have a real glove with me. Mm -hmm. And I say, I'm going to put this imaginary glove on your hand. And I start slipping it on. And then I ask them if it's too loose or too tight. That's another step in hypnosis. Because if you are using your imagination and you can actually feel the glove on your hand, then the hypnosis has begun. And then I tell them to just imagine that this glove is becoming thicker, and it's becoming like a cotton glove. And the more they relax, they may notice the hand becomes warmer. And then I do a check and see uh, if they can feel less sensation in that hand then the hypnosis has become deeper. And then I will use that through their whole body to show them how they can move this sense of relaxation and calm and peace and warmth throughout their entire body. And then, usually by the time we get to their toes, some of them go to sleep. Fascinating. So have you used hypnosis not only in stress management, but for maybe changing some behaviors that aren't positive, such as uh, smoking or inappropriate eating for diet? Uh, is it helpful there? Uh, yes, you can use it that way. You can use it to reduce hot flashes. You can use it to reduce mindless eating. I like to use it a lot with anxiety because a lot of those behaviors are related back to anxiety. Amazing. All right. Mayo Clinic offers medical education conferences at locations around the country and the globe. Learn from medical experts and network with colleagues at exciting destinations. Well, we've heard a lot now about 
professional burnout. How is that related to stress and stress management? When people lose a sense of meaning, they feel like there's a sense of reduced personal accomplishment from the burnout. Then, then from that type of high level of stress, that's a major component that we're using in our program to show people when you have a lack of control, lack of meaning, and demand resource imbalance, their stress is going off the charts. So if we can even show them how they continue to have meaning, then you can reduce their stress. And we're showing people that you can do this in like little one minute, 30 second, three minute uh, increments throughout your day. So for example, there's a, you and I have a mutual friend who uses these little 10 minute blocks in his day when he was seeing a lot of uh, uh, patients. Mm -hmm. and he would make sure that these, these 10 minutes were blocked, that unless the place is burning down, nobody interrupts him. And he puts on the Beach Boys and dances. Really? You're going to have to tell me who that is. But. And, then, <laughs> and then did you see the two Mayo Clinic doctors who had uh, on YouTube who went down to sing to patients for one minute and 12 seconds? And that went viral over the Internet. Really? Interesting. Well, you've talked a little bit about hypnosis. Um, what, what techniques can individuals use in their daily life to help reduce stress? It begins as soon as you wake up in the morning. Most of us wake up and grab our phone, look at the news, and immediately we are in what we call the default mode of the brain. And that's when we are thinking of things we have to do, have to accomplish, we do our worrying, our planning, our problem solving, looking at our to-do list, and your stress is already hit. So we tell people to just delay, and for three minutes, think of the people you're grateful for in your life. Hmm. And the more detailed you get, the more specific, the more engaged that part of the brain is. So not a big time commitment. No, no. We try to make sure that it's just these little increments. How about exercise? Does exercise help deal with stress? And if so, how much exercise should we encourage our patients to do? We have at least a couple of doctors on our floor who do the seven-minute app. And so if you can um, do enough exercise where it's breaking that sense of tension, but also remember our mutual friend is doing dance in his office. Uh, the seven-minute app does things like wall sits, jumping jacks, um, squats, and just for seven minutes, you can break that. How about gender differences? Are there differences in how men and women deal with stress? There definitely is. Men mostly do fight, flight, fright. Women do tend and befriend. So as soon as, this is, this is typically what women will do, they're upset about something, I'm going to tend to my family, and I'm going to call my friends, befriend them, talk about what's wrong, and then you have this consoling, and you have these connections with your friends, and that's how women handle stress. Most men that I know don't call up their friends and start complaining about mm -hmm. their day. Interesting. A lot, a lot of that is in a book my wife got me to read, and I think it's entitled uh, Women Are From Venus, Men Are Wrong, something like that. But <laughs> maybe you've read it. I don't know. Well, 
signs should we be looking for in patients that make us feel that it's really time for them to seek a professional? There's two different schools of thought on that. Now, of course, you want them to see a, a professional if they're having difficulty sleeping, loss of appetite, uh, irritability, and anhedonia, loss of pleasure in things that they used to enjoy. There's a whole list of um, symptoms like that where you immediately you should go see someone. However, we're of the school of thought that what if you just did a wellness check? You go in and see somebody because you want to experience more joy. Now, insurance companies don't cover experiencing more joy sessions, but we try to put that into every single session, showing people, if you haven't laughed in a while, if you're um, feeling irritable, crabby, that's my first symptom where I know I need to do a check. Then I'm thinking that's too much in the network of the brain that keeps us stressed, where we're just planning, problem solving, worrying, rehashing. And we saw people spend a minimum of two hours a day having the exact same thoughts over and over. And if you're seeing you're doing that, it doesn't hurt to just maybe pick up one of our books on stress management and resiliency training. And you're always welcome to come in and see one of us as well. Tell us a little bit about where you work. I work in integrative medicine and health as a counselor, and I see patients who are doing the range between, um, saw a patient today who was very anxious, had trouble sleeping, and um, disconnected from people, and just wanted to stay in their, in their home all the time. And then I might see someone else who is saying, look, I have it all. I have uh, money, um, multiple relationships. I have everything that society has told me should make me happy, and I'm not. And then at that point, we're going back to lack of meaning. And so what kinds of ways can we help our patients explore adding more meaning and joy to their lives? Well, we've been talking with stress and stress management with uh, Debbie Fuhrer, a licensed professional clinical counselor and the coordinator of the Mayo Clinic Complementary and Integrative Medicine Mind-Body Program. Debbie, thank you so much for sharing this information with us today. You're very welcome, and thank you for staying awake. <laughs> now, from the vast amount of mail we've received, many of you have asked how you can experience Mayo Clinic medical education firsthand. Well, you can see our full catalog of live and online CME courses at ce.mayo.edu. If you've enjoyed Mayo Clinic Talks podcasts, please subscribe. Stay healthy, and we'll see you next week.